0: And we are live on YouTube, Comedy Schools. We're live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. And now we are live on Facebook Live. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with a Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We normally come to you six days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We've been off for the last few days. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh we're off on Saturdays, always. uh not because it's a Sabbath, it's just we needed a day off, and Saturday seemed like a good day for it. Um anyway, uh we're already having some issues with the there. The YouTube, it's like what happens with YouTube is it keeps going on and offline. And I think that has something to do with uh the internet company. But uh you can see if you're watching YouTube right now exclusively, you see Sullivan Ramirez. My grandson and occasional co host with his uh, brand new YouTube GoPro camera, who's also making a, uh, additional filming of the proceedings. It is. So you're mo- getting watched yes. by another watch. Yes. Yeah, you're getting. is watching you. You're getting watched by another watch. So uh, I always feel like someone's watching me and I got no privacy. So. Uh, he's watching something. He's yes. Wa- he's watching somebody and somebody else is watching him. That's correct. That's correct. So, uh, that's, exactly how the camera works. that's right, my friends. So, um, normally, um, I forget what normally is anymore. Does anybody know what normal is anymore? Nothing's been normal. Nothing's, nothing's, nothing's normal right now. Uh, what is possibly taking us back to normal. And then if you think about what normal was, do we really want that? But, uh, vaccines being rolled out. Uh, being rolled out by motorboat and truck and train and boat and plane. Throughout the world, throughout the United States, millions of uh, uh, millions of uh, vaccines being rolled out. Uh, I saw uh, a video or a film or a clip today of a woman who was one of the, uh, very, of a frontline worker, one of the very first people to be a frontline worker, uh, being vaccinated. So it's good stuff to see. It's going to be a few months before we'll be able to get back to cramming into um Basketball arenas, football games, uh, yeah. Let's just hope it doesn't come to the end of where the zombie apocalypse is. Yeah, that's right. The big concern right now, of course, according to my grandson and many is uh, that now we'll have the zombie apocalypse. So there'll be some that'll be uh, something to look forward to as well. Um you get free stuff the zombie apocalypse. Yes, you do. So um, anyway anyway. Here we're back today. We're back today uh, with all the normal chaos of this particular podcast. Uh, so they've started vaccinating people, and that's good. That's good. It'll be a few months before we can get back to whatever normal was before, which means traffic jams, uh, maxed out credit cards, uh, long commutes to jobs that we hate, and uh, overpriced uh, events everywhere. But, uh, but I'm still looking forward to it very, very much. Uh, Just weird things happening, like uh, a couple nights ago, I saw the preseason for the NBA started. So a couple, about a month ago, I started getting calls from uh, uh, the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns because I've uh, uh, purchased a lot of uh, basketball tickets over the years to those two particular teams uh, to see about season tickets packages. And then finally, I had to say to one guy, go, look, no one's going to your games until... Everybody can go to your games. because yeah, I know. And they actually stopped calling. They have started preseason without fans in the audience. They had thought at one time they'd be able to start selling tickets for December, but not yet. Um, it looks like my L.A. Clippers are already trounce trounced twice by the L.A. Lakers. So things are getting back to normal, unfortunately. Uh, some normal things I've got going for you that I'll get out of the way now before we get to other stuff is – New Year's Eve. Let me talk to you about New Year's Eve for a moment, okay? Uh, New Year's Eve, uh, I'm not a big go-out guy on New Year's Eve. I do go out. I went out when I was younger. That's what you do. Uh, I've gone out over the years when i produced or promoted a show or been in a show. And this New Year's Eve, I got something special for all of you. Perhaps the end of COVID, perhaps the last Zoom show in America is going to take place New Year's Eve at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at JP's Comedy Club, 860 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, where uh, Jim Perry and I will be putting on a live in-person stand-up comedy show, which we are going to stream live on Zoom throughout the North American continent. Now, you're going 7 o'clock, show's done by 9. Come on, it's not midnight yet. So we're doing a North American countdown. So what does that mean? So I think in Newfoundland, Newfoundland obviously in Canada uh it's on the Atlantic time zone which means that it is the first place on the North American continent where it turns midnight so in Arizona for several years doing earlier shows we celebrate that as the big countdown we'll do the big countdown we'll put on a great show all for you you're gonna be able to see it live on zoom we've experimented with some of these shows in a comedy club for those you've been with us for a while you know that uh Throughout the uh, beginning and through the middle of uh, the pandemic situation, we did live Sunday night stand-up comedy shows on Zoom. And now I'm going to be doing what may be my final one uh, this New Year's Eve. Only $19.95. You get to join in to see the entire festivities going on live in person. You're going to want to be a part of this. Uh, We will be putting up the link a little later today. So be watching for that. You'll be putting up the link a little t- later today, you'll also be able to find a link at J.P.'s Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, a little later this week. So a live show for you, live or in person, on Zoom or in the room. We're going to make sure that you have a fun time. Uh, I'll address some things as to why we were off in a vague and general way, why we haven't been on since last Thursday. Uh, I have been a little under the weather. Uh, we uh, are on the other side of that now. No, it wasn't covid uh, it was uh, something else, but, which I'll discuss at a later date, but uh, we're still kind of on, just getting on the other side of it right now, so we don't want to have a big conversation about it this time. Um, I'll just say this. I don't know what I thought being old was going to be like when I was young. But I think that what I thought, if I remember correctly, is I would just be me slower. And what I'm here to tell you is no matter who you are, or what you've done, or how you've taken care of yourself, there are black swan things that can come out of the middle of nowhere that can uh, really throw you a curveball. Now, the good thing about curveballs... Is if you're a good batter, you can hit them. So you got to remember that when life throws you curveballs, you might swing and miss at a few out of them, but you're gonna be able to connect with other ones and knock them right out of the park. So that's what we're doing with this particular curveball. Not major. Don't start making things up in your mind. I just am um, not comfortable talking about the entire situation right now. Is to say that it it did kind of knock me out of uh, 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 knock me out of commission for a number of days, a number of days. But we are fine and we are back with you now. But that's why we were off was a, um, uh, a situation that we're uh, straightening up. So uh, anyway, that's it. Like I said, uh, we got the big New Year's Eve show coming up um, this weekend at uh, JP's Comedy Club. I wish we were Zooming this show. Uh, I really, you know, I should see about doing that. Um, Michael Longfellow. Michael Longfellow is one of those guys who uh, I'm just so happy whenever he comes to town. Uh, great young comic. Great young comic. Started out with us at comedyschools.com at the Tempe Center for the Arts about six, seven years ago when he was uh, 17 or 18 years old, now lives in Los Angeles. Uh, Once COVID is over, his career is going to skyrocket. He's already been on Conan. He's already been on several television shows. He's already been on NBC. Uh, He is a comer for sure and uh, uniquely funny. And if you're in the greater Gilbert area this weekend, you're going to want to check that out. Uh, what is the show? Ba- I didn't tell you everything that I normally tell you when I first start out is that the show is uh, it's on three uh, platforms, Comedy Schools, Radio Network.com, YouTube on Comedy Schools and Facebook Live. It's built around uh, three things, your questions and comments uh, that you leave here on social media that we question and comment back. We don't question your questions. We don't go, why did he ask that question? Well, sometimes we do. Sometimes we go, that guy's just being a jerk. Or sometimes we go, good question, good question. That's so good. That's the God. But uh, uh, it's built around that. Usually some knick-knack or doodad, uh, some falderal that we have laying around here in the home office that we share with you, try to weave a personal story around. And then, of course, we recommend one artist or one piece of music based off our vast vinyl album and CD collection. And I got something cool for you in the uh, last half of the half hour today. Something very cool for you that's kind of unique. And what I'm going to kind of be into this month is um, what for our generation is traditional uh, music that leads to a certain level of comfort, but not traditional in the uh, Tin Pan Alley way, not traditional in the Hallmark way, and I'm not putting that down, okay? But traditional is that it uh, uh, speaks to the uh, uh, the quiet part of the soul of America. You know, something uh, some people call it Americana music, even beyond that. Some of the music that, um, that uh, uh, gave rise to that. Some of the music that, when you hear it, even if you've ever heard the song, it sounds vaguely familiar. And I got a song for you today that we're going to put the clip up for. That, uh, and I'm going to show this to Shirley now so she can find it. So, uh, Shirley, if you just look at the very top song here on this particular CD, that is the artist, that is the uh, song. Okay. So uh, um, it's rare, it's real rare, but it's, it's cool and it's cheeky at the same time. I can't wait to share it with you. Uh, we've been building our comic book collection. Oh, I do have to mention this, the comic book collection. Uh, I ended up uh, watching the last half of The Big Lebowski a little while ago, but uh, before that I was watching the Electoral College on television, uh, watching these uh, final votes of uh, something that we knew was going to happen. We knew how it was going to go. You know, I, I know a lot of people are afraid that America will topple from within, that there will be civil war, that there will be a, a violent overthrow. But there's not going to be. That's not what America is about. For America, violence is two things a mistake and entertainment. The violence on our shores, a mistake in entertainment. No one's taken over. No one's taken over the city of Philadelphia and set up their own government. No one's taken over Oshkosh and setting up the nation of Oshkosh. America, for all of its faults and weirdness and sins and deviations from the righteous path, is just too goddamn cool to be knocked over by anybody we are the land of rock and roll and soul of hip-hop and hillbilly we are the land of fundamentalist christians and swingers parties and it all works it all works we are the land of country homes and suburbs and cities and malls and giant houses and Poor people who weigh too much and rich people who are far too skinny. And no single election or no single guy or no single network is going to bring us down. Hell, they don't want it brought down. Do you think Donald Trump wants America to be fundamentally changed? He's thrived better than almost anyone with the exact America that he railed against. So I was watching Electoral College Day, and we all knew that's the way it was going to go. Joe Biden got gotten the electoral votes. Now, is this the way we won our elections ago, where it's always going to come down to about, you know, 40 to 100,000 people in key battleground states in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan? No! And nothing against Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Our Missouri, which is not a battleground state, but that's where I'm from. Um, our Georgia. It's not going to come down to that all the time. That'll shift around but we are going to have to take a look at that. America is like baseball. You're going to change a lot of the rules, but the game will always be the game. No one wants to tear down baseball. Somebody goes, I might create a sport to compete with baseball. We'll create basketball and hockey and highlight and you know, and want we'll to compete with it. But even if they were to be uh, even if uh, football and basketball have become more popular than baseball on television, nobody wants baseball to go away and no one wants America to go away. Russia doesn't, China doesn't. Nobody wants it to go away. They just want to be it. So I was watching Electoral College and go, this is what we always knew. All that and drum, all that drama, all that hoopla, all that yelling, all that emotional energy wasted come down to the Electoral College Voting for Joe Biden to be president of the United States. He'll be sworn sworn in on January. And everybody will get right back to doing what they're doing. Right away, conservatives will be going, Hunter, what about Hunter? You know, Hunter. don't know your other son, but I know Hunter. You know, that'll go on. Uh, Guys who run for that kind of stuff, they know that that's what's going to happen now. And we'll go back to doing what we're doing. (coughs) But we'll get things done. Okay. What do I got here? So today, being under the weather, I could not go to my new favorite store, which rapidly is not going to be my new favorite store, okay? Uh, but right now it is Mr. E's Comics in Maricopa, Arizona. Uh, too many people have discovered it right now. We're, for, first, they had a massive supply of 12-cent uh, comics. Why do I mention 12-cent comics? If you're collecting, and I do collect comic books, I rescue bobbleheads, collect comics. Uh, you know that it's the 10-cent and 12-cent that are worth something, you know that anything under issue 200 is worth something. But uh, the so people are going in now out and just wiping out the 12 cent. They just put a limit in Mr. E's on the number of comics you can buy. Like if there's 50 uh, Spider-Mans, you know, between, say, uh, Spider-Man 40 and Spider-Man, you know, uh, 90, that someone can't buy all of them. They can only buy five. So uh, my grandson and my uh, wife and my... Um, uh, daughter Stephanie went to there for me today and they picked up for me. These, these are Marvel tale Spider-Man's once again, great artwork early on, early on before things got out of hand in the comic book world. Okay. Early on really cool art or artwork still done with uh Stan Lee. uh, still done. Um, uh, uh, you know, so this is from the seventies. I'm going to say this is late seventies stuff. I haven't opened one yet. Uh, let's open one, shall we? And we'll see what so this one. Uh, Marvel comic books Marvel tale starring spider-man is not the amazing spider-man series and that's where they get you If you want to know so the original spider-man was in the amazing spider-man series Now you might have appeared in something else first, but that's the one that created spider-man the spider-man backstory, you know uh, uh, Mary Jane uh, uh, the aunt the uncle all that Peter Parker that created it um, So that's actually all the source material. But then they came out with something called Marvel Tales starring Spider-Man. This is one. This is a 25 cent. This is June of 59. So it's still pretty good shape. This is 1975. 1975. So still uh, selling the crazy stuff on the back. Uh, uh, Make money. Get prizes with fast selling American seeds. So here's what comic books did early on. Because kids would then mail that in to American Seed Company. Please send me your big prize book and one order of 44 pack, 45 packs of American Seeds. I'll sell them at 40 cents a pack and send you the money and choose my prize, send seeds. So that was what you are supposed to do. You were supposed to order seeds from American Seeds and then run around your neighborhood selling them to people at 40 cents a pack. And then send them in, and you could get a cassette tape recorder, thirty power telescope, a tennis racket, a complete fishing outfit, basketball, and go <laughs> it's just bicycles. So, uh, and all this stuff was uh, crap. It was crap. Uh, also, it had on there win. Look here at the bottom, win. You see that win? See that little black ball? So, win was uh, whip inflation now in your neighborhood with American seeds. So when was uh, Gerald Ford's saying to help whip uh, what was going on in the mid-70s, which was stagflation, which meant that uh, wages were stagnant, but prices were going up, and uh, whip inflation now was his sum total of work and trying to stop it, and it failed miserably. But uh, that was what you were supposed to do, is run around and make money. for the, You know what? And I think that's how drug dealers finally figure out how to do their deal. They get all these kids in these neighborhoods to go out and sell rock on the street, then take all the rock back to them, and then they give the kids, you know, like jewelry or something. But it all started with American seeds, far worse than any drug dealer. You sell the seeds, send them the money, then you get to pick a prize. I wonder if there was any kid out there that went, you know what, I could just keep the money. I've just sold $400 worth of seeds. I can buy my own tennis racket. <laughs> but that was the kind of advertisements that we had in uh uh, the 1960s and the 1970s comic books. Okay, let's get to the music. Oh, by the way, if you ever thought about doing a stand-up comedy workshop, and uh, maybe you should, even if you never thought about doing stand-up comedy, you might like it, you might enjoy it. You know, I study a lot of things that I'm never going to do. I, I practice the guitar. I'm never going to be a, uh, playing a band or record a, uh, uh, a mixtape. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but I still uh, am fascinated in play and learn and have taken lessons in the past. Uh, I didn't complete the lessons, I know. But uh, uh, anybody who listens to me knows that. But uh, we do it, and uh, maybe you should give it a shot. I I got some free intros coming up for you guys uh, December 22nd online. Just go to comedyschools.com and find it. On Zoom, it's a free intro, 6 p.m. my time. It's only an hour. I lay out the whole program for you. Maybe use some tips. Maybe, if nothing else, you got a... um, Uh, A wedding coming up where you got to give a toast, you know, or you got to make some speech at work or something or uh, you're going to be accepting some award for coaching a little league. You know, I'm not kidding. You know, you're going to have to do those things and you don't want to be the schmuck who stumbles through that and acts weird or mumbles through it. You want to be able to say something memorable in a way that uh, makes people feel good. Maybe we can help you with that. December 22nd, comedyschools.com. All right. On Zoom. Here is the piece of work we're working with today. Now, you can tell, if you know anything at all, that that's Bob Dylan. And it says Bob Dylan on the front. Now, this was kind of a weird thing that Starbucks was doing a number of years back. I don't know if they're still doing it. And they were putting out these things called Artist Choice, music that mattered to him. So Dylan participated in this, and then they put out the CD when people were still buying CDs, and I bought one. And it's Bob Dylan shares his perspective on some of his favorite. Favorite artists and performances. So I thought it was a cool CD to get because on it were the songs, the records, the artists that he listened to when he was a kid, which either, and, and for all of us, that either consciously or unconsciously informs your taste moving forward. It's why a lot of people who hated country music when they were young and loved rock and roll. Later on, got into country music because their dads were playing it on the radio. If you ever listen to Dwight Yoakam's Greater ba- Bakersfield and Sirius, basically what he's playing is all the songs that his dad played in the car while he was riding around with his dad, plus his songs, uh, which are pretty damn good. So we got some stuff on here. Um, Billy Holiday, Junior Parker, Flacco Jimenez, who was a great guitarist. People I've never heard of, like... Uh, um, Get It You, Casa, uh, Patty and the Emblems. I didn't know her. Junior Wells, who I know. Charlie Jordan, who I know. Steph Smith and his Onks Club didn't know. Ray Price, who I knew very well. Uh, Soul Hoppy and his Novelty Quartet doing I Like You, Red Price Sock. Uh The Stanley Brothers on here, of course, which uh, had a huge influence on Dylan. Uh, with the Clinch Mountain Boys. Uh, uh, Clancy Eckles doing Don't Brag, Don't Boast." So these were songs that he liked growing up. But the one we're going to feature today is one by a guy who I'd never heard of until I got this CD. And I was shocked when I heard the song. And when you listen to Pee Wee Creighton's Do Unto Others, you're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked. So let me read you a little bit about this song. Pee Wee Creighton's Do Unto Others off of Bob Dylan's music that mattered to him uh, CD. Uh... The guy's name was Pee Wee Creighton. He was a guest vocalist, guitarist and vocalist. Pee Wee Creighton was active in the 40s until the 80s, working out of Los Angeles, San Francisco, New Orleans, and Chicago for a number of labels, including Modern and VJ. And this was from his album, Captain Aladdin and the Imperial Recordings. This is what Bob Dylan said about this particular song. Pee Wee Creighton was a Texas blues guitarist who Mike Bloomfield turned me on to in the early 60s. He was born in Rockdale, Texas, but he made some of his best records down in New Orleans with Dave Bartholomew, which is where he cut this track. It's got that whole southern groove going on. He's not as well known as T-Bone Walker or Stevie Ray Vaughan, but on a record like this, he's as good as either one of them. A real gunslinger who went too far. I don't know, we'll have to find out about that. And then here's the operative stuff. I bet John Lennon heard this record at a party once and probably didn't even know who did it, but that guitar just stuck in his head. So why do we mention this? Because when you hear this song, you'll be shocked if you are of a certain age. Our generation demanded honesty and authenticity. But as a one-time movie producer said, what the American people want is honesty and authenticity. If you can fake that, you got it made. And we had the arrogance to think that all of our music was unconnected from anything else It was totally unique and modern and revolutionary, not knowing how much of it was built on the guitars of giants and on the horns of gods. And on Pee Wee Crayton's doing to others, you hear for the first time, for the first time, what later on became the iconic and defining lead guitar solo to the song "Revolution." To the song Revolution. Now, I've been telling people for weeks I was going to find this. I knew I had it somewhere. I didn't know where. I had to dig through the closet. I had to look around saying, where did I actually hear that song? And finally, I came across the CD where I discovered it. And when you hear it, it will shock you. And I don't think it should make you think any less of John Lennon. you got to remember, a lot of their big hits when they first started out were not their own songs. Twist and Shout was an Isley Brothers song. With The Beatles Brought was... Incredible craftsmanship, gifted musicianship, great showmanship, and the ability to grow and evolve and become something truly unique, but still built, built on the shores of other countries. Bob Dylan was the same way. The Grateful Dead were the same way. The Rolling Stones were the same way. So you should listen to this too, and when you listen to it, get a kick out of it because Bob Dylan was probably right. Probably at some house party someplace, somebody put on this record when John Lennon was a teenage boy, and went, oh, that's pretty good. Or didn't even say anything at all, just kind of cocked his head. And years later, sitting in the studio going, all right, boys, listen, I think I got this riff here, I don't know where I picked it up, but I don't know, it sounds pretty good. And they went, oh, all right, Paul, that's good, we got to put it on the record. Do you think so? And they did, and it became part of the soundtrack of an entire generation. So we want to thank John Lennon for discovering P.B. Creighton and sharing him with us. I want to thank Bob Dylan for telling the story. Listen to it and hear your questions and comments back. And that's it for the day. I will be back tomorrow. I will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. All right? I'll be back tomorrow and all this week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Living on a thin line. Hey! Go to JP's Comedy Club starting tomorrow and get your tickets for the New Year's Eve show in the room or on Zoom. We're going to put on a great New Year's Eve show for you. Last Zoom show of the Zoom of the Zoom era will be New Year's Eve out of JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com with me and Jim Perry. All right, that's it for the day. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.